0: Yeah. Alright, right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another brand new episode of the EPL Boys. You're home to everything English Premier League soccer and a little bit more. My name is Matt, as always, joined by my best friend through the internet, JD. JD, it was a weekend. It was hot as fuck. uh, For those who do not know or were not on the socials, JD and I were in the same location watching Premier League soccer in person. Uh, we got to watch Brighton disappoint the absolute living shit out of us. Um, JD and I are officially in the Relegate Brighton category. Right, JD? That's it. No, no, I didn't
1: get to see James Milner play. So if he would have come on, things would have been different.
0: That's all I have to say. Nope. Poor team. How, how do you lose to such a small club? <laughs> like, it's this is just outright disrespectful. Congratulations to Newcastle on the win. You waited all of like 86 minutes to like start scoring. So good, good job. Proud of you. (laughs) But yeah, um, we are a massive Relegate Brighton podcast now. Um, The Seagulls have let us down. Uh, This only proves that McAllister literally was the thing that made that team good. So congratulations, Shady. Liverpool won in a game that didn't involve Liverpool. Yep. But otherwise, that was a very fun
1: time, you know, tailgating from, like, when did we get that? Like 1 p.m. till 6.30 when we went in, in 95-degree heat. It, it was just oh, a fan. Yeah.
0: And that wasn't even the most interesting thing that happened, but we don't have to get into yeah. that. That's... We had a lot of fun, talked to some really interesting people, had wonderful <laughs> conversations uh, with, like, people, different soccer teams. It was It was a lot of fun, really cool... Uh, it's Red Bull Arena, and this is not just because it's my arena, but is always a really, it is such an awesome place to be. It's it's, it's, a, it's a
1: melting a... pot of different uh, thoughts and ideas. Wouldn't you say yeah. that?
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it right at that. But yeah. It was a really great game, but, J.D., actually, that is one of the things that I wanted to bring up first here today. The official summer series of the Premier League is over. Most teams have finished up their preseason and are on their way back to the United Kingdom to get themselves ready. A few more exhibition games for a few of these clubs before the season starts, but, J.D., we're in trouble because Chelsea have already won a title.
1: Yeah, they yep. won. They won a preseason tournament, which I didn't even think was a tournament. I I didn't know that there was a trophy at the end. I thought I that, thought it was just on, an exhibition come on. thing. Come on,
0: You knew there was a trophy. They're I even, didn't. Someone's someone's, someone's got to be a, a winner. A bunch of matchups, like I. Someone's got to be a winner. Someone's got to be a loser. No, and... you know who the real winner is?
1: The two of us, because we have dope ass new jerseys for the EPL yes. boys. Yes. Yes. Which if yes, if, if you didn't see from our Instagram. That was the gift that I've been, you know, you know, hyping up for Matt for months now. Um actually it it's only half the gift.
0: Do you want the other half of the gift, Matt? Um sure. I would love the other half of the gift now that we're not next to each other. Absolutely. Oh, that doesn't matter.
1: Um, why don't you open your top right drawer on your inner desk? There's nothing in there. Oh, you already found it. I was found h- what JD. <laughs> I was hoping. I was hoping you had nothing to do in your desk.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I uh, on Sunday I completely cleaned my house top to. Bottom. Oh, you're the worst. Uh, yep, that's me. Uh, so JD decided instead of letting some hungry child have a can of scoop, he gave it to me, knowing I would never eat it.
1: <laughs> it was a it was, not... a. it was a nice, nice can of uh, Campbell's chicken noodle soup and matt is I, I should have hidden it hidden it better i should have i should have assumed yeah. that matt cleans his house every fucking weekend
0: yeah um also side note for those eating campbell soup period <laughs> this is your opportunity to pause the podcast walk to your kitchen look at the back of the can check out that sodium level everybody oh i i know you you studied the back of that can didn't you well, cause the conversation in my household came up, which is like, cause my wife does make soup and the conversation came up to as like, well, what's in it? Like, look, like, let's take a look. 900 milligrams of sodium. That's like what? J.D. 35% JD, of your daily value. That's fine. J.D., J.D., just eat salt. Like <laughs> just eat salt. Just take some salt, basic table salt. Fuck it, if you're fancy, some pink Himalayan salt. Put it in a fucking teaspoon and have fucking four giant teaspoons of fucking salt. Because that's all that was. (laughs) Oh my god. It had noodles and chicken and, 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 and chicken stock in it, though. But this is the red flag I'm trying to get across. Do you realize there's a reason for 900 milligrams of sodium? That means it's trying to keep something, like, preserved... And the problem with that is it's like if you have that much salt there's no way the item in that can is good anymore. Oh, it's It's fine. just not. It's just fucking That shit not.
1: stays good for like a decade.
0: That that's up There is meat product in there. <laughs> you should not be able to go meat product keep good for a decade. Those things should not be in it's the same canned. sentence. It's canned. It's like it's like a vacuum seal. That is fucking disgusting, period. If you get your items from a can and they are not a beer or an alcoholic beverage, all right. Well, yeah, that's, you know that's what, literally when, when the and, yeah. apocalypse happens and all I'm you want to die. Eat. No, don't. No, don't. I want to die. I don't want to <laughs> live. If all, if the world was ending and all I had were canned cups of chicken noodle soup, kill me. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Anyway, okay. Oh, Boo hoo. I actually want that to happen. If that's all. I mean, that's all I eat anyway. But yeah, I would just rather die. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of good times had. Got to hang out with some really good friends. And yeah, I I'm excited though because now that the preseason, the summer tours are starting to end and everything's trying like teams are now flying back to the UK, it means that we are closer to normal. I mean, we August 11th is, JD, as of tomorrow, August 11th is 10 days away. So this episode will be coming out on August 1st, so happy August, everybody. We are about 10 days away from the Premier League season starting, which means after this episode is most likely going to be JD and mine's big EPL season preview episode, which I cannot wait for. It's going to be super fucking awesome. We're probably going to go out and get some guests. We're going to have a good fucking time. Super, super excited, but JD, we are not there yet. We have some awesome fan questions that we're going to answer at the end of the episode, but we still have some business to talk about. First things first, we are going right to Liverpool Football Club, where today, the 31st of July, a very big announcement was made. Virgil van Dijk who has been announced as the next captain of Liverpool football club. JD, I would be very rude to not let you have the floor. What are your overall thoughts? Virgil van Dijk is now your captain. Um, it's the
1: right decision uh, in, in this moment in, in time. I, I don't think anybody's surprised. That's who I thought would get it. Um, he's clearly the leader on the field that is consistently on the field. Um, you know obviously Henderson just left but even last season he wasn't on the field most of the time Um, neither was James Milner and Van Dyke I think was third in line so he was being captain half the time so it's not an unfamiliar role or anything like that he's captain of the Dutch national team so again I think this just makes sense he's uh, 32 if I'm not mistaken Um, so again it, it just makes the most sense the bigger news is that Trent Alexander-Arnold is officially cemented as vice-captain, which makes me very happy because this is perfect. Like he will just Trent will just move into the captaincy once Van Dyke is leaves or, you know, retires in a couple in a couple seasons. So like that's that's perfect. He he is going to literally be Steven Gerrard 2.0. Obviously a much different player, but just you know liverpool born and raised from the academy started very at a y- very young age became a regular player at a young age and then assumed the captaincy like i that and that's what i mean by that if, you, if anybody uh, is no you know mixing my no. words it's no, that, i i love everything about this van dyke for now trent getting nurtured into the role
0: no it sound it it sounds like and, and i think the key thing here is and and Tell me if I'm wrong. Jurgen Klopp is the manager that brought in Virgil van Dyke, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's correct. Okay. So, I mean, that's also a really big thing for Jurgen Klopp as well and this club because that probably means that Jurgen still has a few years left in the tank as coach if he's being given the green light to make one of his guys, the captain. Like, I feel like maybe the club would have had a different thought if, like, Jürgen wasn't the long-term plan. But since he is, lo- it looks like he's the long-term plan, these are very long-term decisions, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, yeah no, very very cool stuff. I didn't know that about uh, Trent, so that is good to know that I don't have to worry about ha- Liverpool having good right-backs for the foreseeable future. So. Yeah.
1: Well, um, okay, well, he's moving into midfield. But (laughs) here's the thing. (laughs) Liverpool's social media made it, like, very clear that Trent was the vice captain. Like, all their posts, obviously they had the individual posts of Van Dyke, you know, putting the captain's armband on. But they made, like, separate posts of, you know, captain and vice captain. So that, that just leads me to think that we're all thinking it. Okay, cool, Van Dyke for a couple seasons, and then Trent just moves into that role. Perfect.
0: Yeah. and more more than
1: any other team I've ever seen, you know, promote the vice captain.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, but again, that's, it, and and it sounds so crazy to think that a club would be so prominent to advertise that they keep the youth academy players like, you know, like Phil Foden, Marcus Rashford, Trent Alexander-Arnold, like it would be a shame if you were a club who just sold all of your youth academy guys looks aggressively awkward at Chelsea. I mean, you just but, got rid of a Alanga. Oh, uh, that's... that again. I'm okay, let's please let's not put Alanga in the same conversation as Marcus Rashford, Phil Foden, Mason Mount, Trent Alexander-Arnold, please for the love of God. Um but yeah, <laughs> a lot of cool stuff is though going on um with this big news though Liverpool also did officially or Fabrizio Romano officially announced probably the team in the upcoming days. But uh, Fabinho's deal to Saudi Arabia has been confirmed. JD and I were talking pre-show. About 40 million euros. That is aggressively good business from Liverpool from what oh, yeah. I would say is a more central defensive midfielder on the out. Like, he really, like, he. I think he was, like, one step behind the game, I think, like... Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't the Fabinho that made him, you know, Fabinho. If that makes any sense. Yeah,
1: i i I personally could have seen him stay another season, um, and been fine with it, especially with his experience, kind of, you know, helping teach, uh, Stefan Bajcetic a little bit, you know, moving to that role or Romeo Lavia if that transfer goes through. That's not, you know, done or anything. But um, Fabinho is gone. He already po- he posted on his Instagram today like a whole, a huge paragraph about Liverpool. Like, it's confirmed. Um, But, yeah, 40 million euros, that's insane business. For a 29-year-old who is not going to get really any better. um, Yeah, that's just good. Getting pretty much 50 million for uh, Henderson and Fabinho, that is just fantastic. Um, Literally, if they can get uh, Romeo Lavia from Southampton for fifty mil you know just use it to get him i the 19 year like that's just great business all around so and i that- i'm i'm happy i'm a little sad that you know literally henderson fabinho two huge players will leave you know within a week of each other that's sad but at the same time usher in the new the new core of players
0: and that's what keeps good teams good but actually funny enough Ro- uh, romeo Lavia is my next thing that i'm bringing up as JD said, Southampton are hard pressed. They would like fifty million, and they would not fifty million euros, and they would not like one penny less. JD, the pa- recent package of forty-five million euros, um, which includes the add-ons in that price, so it doesn't seem like the teams are far. But yeah, Southampton. It's, it's close. But Southampton last year did turn down moves even at 47 and 48 million euros last year. Now yes, they did get relegated, but it seems like Southampton want 50 million. And and, and honestly,
1: I agree with them for why they want 50 million. It's because they have a t- there's a 10% sell-on clause from Manchester City. That's why. Like they they probably rate him at 40 or 45, but they want 50 to compensate for the 10% sell on clause that they have, that basically they have to pay back to Manchester City. So I get it. And again, like Liverpool need to just be smart about this and say, "Okay, we just got 40 mil for Fabinho and we're going to get his 19-year-old replacement. Plus we have Bichetic. Let's just buy this guy." Right?
0: And, he and I want-
1: he can be he can be that good and the price for, it's probably a lot for a 19-year-old that only has one full season for a team that got relegated, but he was one of the shining lights in that Southampton team. So, I don't know. I, I'm all for it. Pay the 50 mil. It, it You know, just get it done.
0: And I agree with you on the, you know what, it sounds crazy, but you are about to come into a lump sum of money, and I wonder if— Liverpool just haven't been able to get the funds, but now that they have the funds, I wonder if this literally gets announced tomorrow. It's like... Yeah, Like, literally, the money is just moving from one person's pocket to the other. But, funny enough, it's like one of those things where, hey, Liverpool, the last few guys you've gotten from Southampton have been pretty bang on. Maybe just keep it going, because... Fuck it, it's worked in the past. Like, you know.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's been a couple seasons, but yeah, like you said, the last couple of guys
0: have been pretty good. Guys, yeah, pretty good. Um, they they have been guys confirmed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it would not be a uh, it would not be a transfer episode yeah. if we did not include Chelsea Football Club because God, they must be like. I get it. They've had a billion outs, but I can't. It still baffles my mind. Chelsea have officially, um, Fabrizio Romano has officially confirmed that Axel Diazzi, 45 million euros coming from Monaco at the center back position. He is considered one of the best center backs in the French League last year. Again, J.D., I'd be lying absolutely lying if i said i know everything about this guy's game
1: Um, but i the only thing i saw about him i saw a stat that he was slower than harry Maguire. i don't know if that's true i it was on twitter so fuck it who knows but there was a stat i forget what who else was compared to him with like speed or something like that but he was technically slower than harry Maguire, and that made me laugh i don't know if that's true
0: yeah that's um... it was just
1: it was a really funny tweet
0: yeah, that's that's interesting. I'll, I'll be honest. I understand Chelsea have had a lot of ins and outs, but again, I feel like this just continues to come back to the same conversation. Until the season starts, I have no idea who plays for Chelsea. There is so much in and so much out. There isn't even time to digest these moves. Like, r- r- realistically, I I would like to like. If you go on like Mobs app and stuff like that, you could see like the transfer portion when you go to certain teams. Dude, Chelsea's has to be like a Harry Potter novel. Like I'm talking, you have to dedicate like a week and a half to read all of it. Otherwise, you're never going to get through it all. It's like, JD, it's going to become, it's gonna, like the beginning of the season's going to start and you and I are going to be watching games and I'm going to be like, when did they pick up this guy? And you're going to go, Matt, we talked about him. And I'll be like, I don't remember when, because they just fucking bring in a billion people. I truly do not know who the fuck
1: I'm going to see play Liverpool on opening day. Cause it's, it's oh Liverpool my Chelsea. God. I, I, I truly have no idea. I can't even like preview this game yet because I, I, I want to think that Liverpool, like the in preseason, Liverpool have looked pretty good. You know, darwin nunez has been kind of balling out in in the time he has like four goals in preseason he's only played you know half of each game i so I, that's pretty good like i it's it's all been good i have no idea what to think of chelsea i i like to think that liverpool could do something there but i, I just can't even preview it because i have no fucking clue who chelsea's gonna put out like i i have no idea hey to me they have like 30 first team players at this point I don't. Th- they don't. They don't have that. But I just in my mind, I'm thinking that there's like way too many, even with their like the outs that they've had. But I, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. This team, like they, they, they just have no. It, it makes me think they have no identity, because these players can't possibly gel in such a short amount of time. And I know we we said that all of last season, and and guess what? They finished 12th.
0: So I, I don't know, man. And this is my other thing. I'm piggybacking off of what you said. Just putting this in the universe. Pochettino had literally some of the best players on earth play for PSG. And he couldn't get it to work. Like, and I'm not sitting here disrespecting the French League. But, like, the way it's set up, PSG should, like, auto-slot one every year. And they struggled when Pochettino was in charge. Again, I'm just... So many questions. But... One question that still needs to be answered is the message of uh, Casado. Apparently, Chelsea are still very much in for Casado. The most recent bid at 80 million euros. Uh, I'll be honest. or Honestly, I could have misread it. It could have been 80 English pounds. 80 million English pounds. But JD, like... This is another one of these things. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, Todd Bowley knows you only get 11 players, right? Like, you get 11 starters and 8 bench guys, and like, that's it. Yeah, and and I've said it a million times. For the
1: last fucking time, what are they going to do? Play Enzo and Caicedo? That's not a good way for a big club like Chelsea. You should not be playing two defensive midfielders. You're not going to get results that way. You're just going to sit back and absorb pressure. For the smaller clubs, that makes sense to have two players like that. But you have you already have Enzo Fernandez. Whether he's you know a great central defense defensive midfielder or not, do, it doesn't matter. He cost 120 million euros. I Caicedo is not the player they need. They don't need any more players, to be honest. I unless they decide to sell more. But I I just I can't wrap my head around it. For the money, I, I mean, Casado I was a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong, he he was still on Brighton when we watched Brighton. I I don't remember if he played to be honest, but he uh, did. Okay, he, he did. did. Yeah, he did. I, he's a defensive midfielder. How much can you say he lit up the game? But I don't know, yeah, man. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I this screams that he's actually not going Like the fact that he was still playing for Brighton on Friday, kind of makes me think that maybe he's. Not leaving until January. (laughs) I don't know. The season starts in less than two weeks.
0: I I just... Again, this is... It's just confusing. Like, and JD made a very valid point, which is... JD plays... Like, Chelsea plays a real game. Not saying these friendlies aren't real. But they play a real legitimate game in 10 10 days. And I cannot give you a starting 11 for Chelsea. I can't. Like... I genuinely have no idea who's playing center back or defense anymore. Like, realistically, okay, Rhys James, Ben Chilwell if he's healthy. At this point, I have no idea who the, who's going to be playing center back. What, Enzo Fernandez... I'm, like, trying to pick out a midfield. They've added so many people. I mean, Ryan
1: Sterling's probably going to be playing up top. Yeah,
0: like, you're probably having Raheem Sterling. You're probably having uh, Nico Jackson, and you're probably having um, Nkuku up top. But, like, they all kind of play very similar-ish roles, and it's like, again, it's one of these things, like, with basketball teams where you can't have four shooters on the floor. There's only one basketball and it's like you can't have two or three guys who all play the same position because all they're going to be doing is just bumping into each other like, you know, figuratively like I I genuinely do not know how Chelsea are going to set up. And I think the whole world, including Chelsea fans, are going to be watching that first game themselves and thinking, dude, how is Pochettino going to put this together? But. What
1: happens? What happens if Liverpool are have a day um, on opening day, like which can happen? Which, which which I seriously like, not even as a fan, like just from an outside perspective, Liverpool can turn it on and do really well. What happens if Pochettino's first competitive
0: game is like a four-nil loss to Liverpool, like? Of course. Of course you never want to lose a game like that, but honestly I'm going to spin zone it. If you're ever going to have a bad game, have it on the first day of the season. Because you can chalk it up to so many reasons. I guess, but I, I just... Like... This, this sp- Chelsea
1: experiment with just signing everyone and... Because y- who's, who's home? Who's home? Uh, Chelsea- I, believe, I believe it's at Stamford Bridge. I, I, I think okay. it's at Chelsea.
0: That hurts a little bit more if Liverpool run up the score, but realistically, like, I remember, and I'll use the Man United scenario with losing 7-0 at Anfield last season. Like, United were in a little bit of form in the middle of the season before that game happened, and then it's like, kind of things fell apart for a little bit. If you can just get the bad results out at the beginning of the season... You have the ability to do something. Like remember, Man United lost four nothing in the beginning weeks against Brentford to start the EPL season last year. They finished third. Like if you're gonna have a bad game, maybe having it early isn't the worst case scenario. Like yeah. you can learn. You can learn from the experience, and it's not like a gut punch. You have thirty. What do you have? Thirty seven weeks still to go. Like, yeah. But, um. A little other news uh, in the Premier League. Crystal Palace have made a pretty good signing, A considered a Brazilian wonder kid from Flamingo. Uh, Mateo Fran- uh, Franet- Franca? Franca, it's a Brazilian last name, €20 million, Euros, 10 added on. Teams like Newcastle and Chelsea also were in on this deal. Um, the Brazilian attacking midfielder is exactly the type of players crystal palace buys like no money but you're looking at the next wilfred zaha the next you know you know as a this is exactly who crystal palace need and it's exciting for crystal palace because it looks like they immediately took the wilfred zaha money and invested it into someone who is 10 years younger than wilfred zaha like i think this is a good move overall Crystal Palace. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I know this guy tooth or nail but looking at his stats looking at what people are saying online, this guy could potentially be one of these players JD who signed for $30 million today but Arsenal might buy two years down the road for 80 Yeah. or yeah, like that's, that's how it happens. It, it's just like when we talk about South
1: American players going to the Portuguese League first to get a taste going to a mid-table team in in the premier league is sort of similar and even in my opinion even better because if you can do a decent job or a really good job at a mid-table premier league team at a young age coming from south america you already know the league if you want to move up to one of the bigger teams of the league so i i don't know this player i didn't know this happened but yeah, it sounds like the kind of transfer that Crystal Palace would make, and it, it's, pr- it's probably going to be good. He's probably going to be good.
0: Yeah, no, I am. I am extremely, extremely excited uh, to see. Uh, again, you know, the Premier League is good when teams in the middle, like Crystal Palace, are good and relevant and aren't just getting absolutely the piss beaten out of them every single week. So, uh, next move, we have a official. Here we go from Fabrizio Romano. Uh, Ramus Hoyland coming from Atalanta to Manchester United, 70 million euros, and that includes the add-ons. JD, I have an actual striker. I We, we could have paid 200 million dollars. I would have had the exact same thought process for the first time since... God knows how long we bought a striker who wasn't on the back end of it, like because I Anthony Martial is still that, at the club, but as a backup, I'm okay with Anthony Martial being <laughs> a backup. Like you do want, un- like because I look at this and I was really going down the list of like our recent strikers we've had for the club. Each one has been a stopgap until the next move, until the next thing, until the next scenario. Like you had Ronaldo, you had Cavani. You had, I'll even say Lukaku as a stopgap. I'll say um, Zlatan, Zlatan, you know, Wayne Rooney on the back back end of his career. Like, those are realistically my last five strikers. All at the end of their career. I mean, Lukaku wasn't at the end of his career, but God, he was playing like it. It's one of these things where for the first time since we signed Anthony Martial all those years ago, United have bought a striker who is super young and the potential is sky high. I'm excited about this move. I genuinely am. I don't I wish this deal could have gotten done like a week and a half ago, if not two weeks ago, just because I'd like to I would have liked to have seen him during the summer tour, but it looks like United are trying to get that medical scheduled immediately and have him in for at least one, if not two preseason games before the season starts. Six foot three was as fast as Marcus Rashford last year, as per the Twitter speed experts. I like to call it. I always like when a player gets signed and one of the first stats you see on Twitter, like the Twitter bots post, JD, is the how fast is he compared to other fast people. Yeah, I just made like,
1: that comparison with uh whoever whatever fucking center back Chelsea just signed. I don't even remember yeah.
0: anymore. Like, they put up, like, the, like, the kilogram speeds, and, like, this guy was, like, even with Marcus Rashford. And I was, like, cool. Can you put the ball in the net?
1: Yeah. Like... Speed is great. Speed is great. Don't get me wrong,
0: but, like... (laughs) If we're playing FIFA, I can't wait. But until then, like, can you put ball in net? Harry Kane's not fast, but he puts ball in net. I just want my number nine to put the ball in the net. But... I'm excited about this move. Uh, again, everyone's immediately going towards the price, but this is someone that Eric Ten Hag has wanted, and so far every Eric Ten Hag signing has been good or beneficial to the club. you are going to have to just see it happen. But um, Interesting news, though. Apparently a bid ha- is coming in from Real Sociedad for Donny Vanderbeek. JD, I hate to say it, I kind of hope it doesn't go through because Donnie has had a hell of a fucking preseason. I think he's had an assist in almost every game in the preseason. And it's like off the bench, Donnie is that's good. That's what you want from someone like Donnie Vanderbeek. Like, is he a, is
1: he a preseason merchant though? Because like,
0: no, that's fair price. Fair,
1: fair. No, I'm just, I'm just saying like, I, I don't know that, that real Society that, that that's super random. I have to yeah. say, um, what what price though, like did you see so, so
0: I haven't seen in a report on prices, but you I do him remember for forty.
1: Yes, if I was just about to say at this point, if if you were to sell him, I don't think it would be good unless you got at least twenty five.
0: Yeah, I, I I think the thirty range would yeah, have 30, to yeah, be hit. That. But honestly, I really think if Donnie Vanderbeek can prove to Prove to Eric Ten that he can stay healthy and he can stay, again, because he's been very good this preseason. If that can continue, I don't see why you would like, why wouldn't you keep Donnie Vanderbeek, but keep Scott McTominay, if that makes any sense. Like, like yeah. if you're gonna move, like, keep the one who has a higher ceiling. That's what I'm saying. I still think Donny Vanderbeek has a higher ceiling, so we'll see what happens. But, J.D., uh, one random bit of transfer news, and then one serious bit of transfer news. The random one is, Arsenal Football Club seem to be in for a new goaltender. Way out of left field. Apparently, Arsenal Football Club have officially put themselves in the pole position for David Raya from Brentford. That would um, be
1: that would be very good goal, goalkeeping competition between David Raya and um, Aaron Ramsdale. I, I will say that... I don't know if they need that conflict. Um, and that's I what did I'm see saying. I like, did see reports that Matt Turner is getting uh, scouted by Nottingham Forest. So maybe that's part of the reason they're doing that. But I don't I don't know if Arsenal need to have that in the team right now. Like Aaron Ramsdale's pretty cemented as their guy. Like, do they really cause David Ryan, like I, I rate him as goalkeeper. Like, I think he could start for Arsenal. I also think Ramsdale should be starting for Arsenal. So, I, I just don't think they need that
0: conflict in the team right now. Like, I I, I, I just, I don't know. No, I and I, I could not agree with you more. This is going to, if this goes through, this is just confusing. Like, because it's like, I just remember the times where you had, like, remember G. Luigi Donorama and, you know, Keylor Navas are both considered some of the best goalkeepers in the world, and they literally are fighting for one single spot. Like, that's the difference between goalkeepers and the rest of the league, or the rest of the positions, is, like, there's no way you can have them both at the same time. So why would you bring that conflict in for no reason? Like Yeah, it, Aaron it's, Rams- it's so unnecessary, yeah. And Aaron Ramsdale is... I mean, excuse me for some of the England diehards who might be listening, but I, dude, there's conversations. I think Aaron Ramsdale should be England's number one. Like he probably should. It'd be him or Nick Pope, but so like, so realistically, it's like, why are you going to disrupt the force by bringing in Spain's number two goalkeeper? Like it doesn't. Is he Spain's?
1: Is he Spain's number two?
0: And guess who's number one. Well, not not De Gea. It's definitely not De Gea. I, is Keppa number one? I believe Keppa is the number one goalkeeper for Spain. So then, to be Ro- fair, so then Robert Sanchez is number three, I assume. I, I think so. I think yeah. it's like I think between Raya and Sanchez, it mixes two to three. But for some odd reason, I remember Keppa getting over both of them. So yeah, and 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 De Gea fucking plays golf. <laughs> I. I, I didn't even write it down. But and I'm not even talking about, like, now. I mean, yeah. like, last yeah. season
1: and the season before.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Again, there's a reason why David De Gea is no longer at Man United, and Spain got ahead of it before we did. Um, <laughs> apparently, again, I didn't even bring this up, but we said David De Gea. Apparently, David De Gea is being scouted by several Saudi clubs. Of so course they are. it looks like... In my opinion, it looks like David De Gea will at least have a place to go. I want David so, De Gea
1: to be the the biggest signing in New York Red Bull history.
0: I think the Red Bull broke their transfer budget record today on a right back at all $5. Oh, a right so, back. Yeah, you, you really yeah, needed a right back. Needed a right back. Hey, MLS Cup, here I come. I feel like uh, you guys
1: just didn't need a right back. <laughs>
0: Like, I'm joking, but, like, I. No, I, it, no, it's. Yep, that's. Hey, that <laughs> is the general consensus of every Red Bull fan. Hey, we can't score goals, but we'd love a new right back. Or is he a left back? I don't know. Oh, I'm not ooh, even going to. Ooh, a, a John Tolkien replacement? <laughs> well, I think. Depth at the left back position is key because like when John Tolkien goes down, we don't have another left footed wing when back. John Tolkien's healthy and he's just playing like he usually does. Probably needs hey, an John, upgrade. John Tolkien had two assists last night in the most second most important cup competition <laughs> in the world, the League's Cup. Oh. Which if JD's Philadelphia Union beats DC United and my Red Bull beat NYCFC in the upcoming days. J.D., we, we will meet on a Tuesday night-ish. Which, I I don't if, know. If
1: it's if it's in Chester, would you go? Because I'll um, go. If you go, I'll go if it's in Chester. Probably, I'm not going to drive all the way to New Jersey, but
0: probably Chester's, be, like, in between the two of us, so. I probably wouldn't be able to tailgate. I'll be honest with you. Well, I yeah, probably— No, I, I don't need to tailgate. Just. Well, I'm just saying, I think just because it's a weekday yeah, and traveling yeah. to Philly, that would be—I— I, I'm not saying I, w- I no. wouldn't eat. I wouldn't either. Okay, w- I'm just I. I'm not saying no. I just want to put that in the universe. I am not saying no. You you could sit in the river end with me. I I am saying no. <laughs> I, am, I am now officially saying no. But the final bit of transfer news before we get to fan questions, JD. Fabrizio Romano, take oh. away the check. Take Don't away the checkmark.
1: No, do not bring up this fucking loan deal for killing Abape.
0: No, no. Oh. No, 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 no. I no. thought that's what I didn't even at. bring that up. The second Jurgen Klopp said, if someone in the front office is trying to surprise me, sure, wasn't even going to bring it up. I would just like someone to go to Fabrizio Romano and take away the checkmark. He's a fraud, JD. He's a fraud. Because last episode... We got hit with the here-we-go, Gravardi All, to Manchester City, undisclosed price, record scratch. Apparently, the teams never agreed to anything. Apparently, conversations are still happening, and there is an overall census that they're working in the right direction. But this Fabrizio Romano fraud gave us the here-we-go, and we are not getting a here-we-go fraud cancelled hearted here first on the EPL boys okay well yeah I mean I think that deal
1: is still going to get over the line some way it, but it, City getting an overpriced center back that will probably tear up the league that's just what they do
0: again but my key thing is it's like again this is me the Leipzig fan is sitting here going we bitch moaned and cried that 100 million, do- 100 million euros was the only answer Again, I'm hoping it's close to the 100 million euros. Like, don't give Man City a deal for no reason. Like, you know, if this was Arsenal, if this was Liverpool, if this was Manchester United, if this was the bigger teams around the world, they would not be getting a cut deal. Manchester City is fresh off of a treble. We need to officially put them in the conversation of you're not allowed to cut them deals anymore. Like, you're not allowed to be like, oh, it's just Man City. Like that that has to stop because the last few years city's gotten away with these deals and we like other teams now have to start treating man city like they treat it, the rest of the big it, boys it almost
1: screams of corruption on city's part
0: no no <laughs> way corruption 116 counts what is don, it don garber's head just poked up Don Garber's like, does anyone here at Citigroup want a football team? And like NYCFC's like, but we are their football team. Nope, no, no, uh,
1: new team, a third LA team. Third, third LA
0: team. Can we can we put just two teams in Miami and just have Messi pay for both of them?
1: Yeah. Like that's true.
0: Can Messi just like never play away games? He just only plays home games? Actually that would make perfect sense. Um let's make it happen. Apparently Messi might not play this uh the first weekend back in MLS because he's playing away at Charlotte and Charlotte have a turf field. Uh I can guarantee he will not play that game.
1: Coward. No, Coward. no, 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 Here's the here's the thing. I agree, not just with Messi, but any any European player oh, or yes, South America absolutely. player that, that has never played on artificial artificial turf. I agree, don't fucking play on turf. Like that you're gonna blow your knee out. Like that's that's going to happen yeah so i agree with that um i i really wish every single mls team would just have natural grasses for their stadium but uh I you know i get i get it for you know like vancouver and montreal where maybe they just can't certain Mon- times of the year montreal has grass oh do they okay and is it Van- vancouver no nope. vancouver okay, is got va- it right
0: okay yeah. okay yeah okay yeah it's
1: vancouver okay uh um, mercedes mercedes benz well yeah it's indoor that's why
0: sharp sure, shar sure. uh excuse me they have this billion dollar retractable roof they don't literally don't circle jerk about so okay no. well then they should have natural grass that's bullshit no because that would affect from the atlanta falcons get an actual it would sedate. be
1: it, that would help the atlanta falcons are you kidding me well
0: i'm just saying this every In single
1: this- acl knee blowout on the falcons
0: is down to that turf field Guaranteed. Let me, let me just say this. You do not get the ability to come to the MLS and call this your league if you're not ready to play in the shittiest fucking environments under the sun. Sorry, those are the rules. Yeah, but you, everywhere if, else in the world that you play in the shittiest fucking environments under the sun
1: would be on natural grass.
0: Yeah, I. but that's fine. That's not the MLS. Okay? Sorry. <laughs> Too bad. Okay? No. You have to play in away at Atlanta with the away with the home fans just chanting just the initials of their team.
1: I I want to see minutes. I want to see Lionel Messi next season. I want to see him play again in 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 the US the Lamar Hunt US Open Cup against like a fourth division team playing at a fucking high school well stadium. That would be good. the greatest thing in the world.
0: It's not a fourth division team, but let's not forget, Inter Miami are in the semifinals of Lamar Hunt Open U.S. Open Cup. They play. <laughs> well, they're away. not gonna
1: play a team like that. In they the play
0: semi-finals. away at Cincinnati, and I need Cincinnati's that gonna
1: beat the shit out of them. probably. I need
0: them to go 120 minutes and lose <laughs> in uh, penalty kicks, so that Messi is too tired to play any minutes three days later away at Red Bull. That's that's what I, I need. I think you still I've need
1: ne- to sell your ticket for that game.
0: I, I need 120 minutes. I need rough challenges. I I, I need I I just need I need vibes. You
1: you need to sell your ticket for that game now because in case he doesn't play in that game, then it's worthless. Cuz then you then you just be watching the Red Bull play. And, I'm not you know. selling
0: my ticket.
1: You could get like 600 bucks for that. That'll pay for your season ticket next season.
0: I'm not selling my ticket. That's not that's, oh, man. That's, come on. I, I'm not selling my ticket. Sorry. I'm not doing it. I'm not. But that's that's the end of our soccer conversations here today. We have some awesome fan submitted questions that we're going to knock out in these last 15 minutes. First one comes from Justin. Justin asks what if any early season predictions can you make based on the preseason games or just general vibes? So, J.D., you want to take a swing at this one first? Like, what's what's just like a hot take prediction you want to get right off your chest right now?
1: Um, Liverpool have looked good. So, I, I'm excited going into the season. What a uh, hot
0: take. The Liverpool fan says Liverpool no, looks
1: good. No no, 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 no. What I mean by that is just I've watched all the preseason games no injuries we look good the the right players are leaving we're bringing in we're bringing in the right new players i i'm excited to start that's the liverpool part um like we and basically like we said in the beginning of the episode chelsea no fucking clue united i i've heard mixed things you know they lost to wrexham 3-1 again it's preseason who knows and I think United didn't they lose uh, another preseason game afterwards? They lost
0: a, they they've lost a few. They, yeah, they had, I, I, yeah, I
1: I don't know. I I thought I I thought I saw that. So and fucking Onana fucking screaming at Harry Maguire was a hilarious clip on Twitter. Literally,
0: um, Onana has been here for five minutes which, and he he's already right, feels, he's right. It's just it uh, was just funny. Like it's just well, here's the thing. This is the funny thing about. Again, you want to talk about the 100 million differences between Onana and De Gea. De Gea, I don't think, has ever yelled at anyone a day in his life. Onana's been here for five minutes, and I'm pretty sure if there was a sharp object, he would have whipped it at uh, Maguire. Like, this is what I need in my life. I need, again, it's clear no one likes Maguire at this football club. Like no one at all, and you just you hope the peer pressure pushes him out. That's it. I know no, That's a terrible thing to say, but I hope the peer pressure just physically gets him to move on from this club. That's it. Nothing else. Yeah. Nothing more. Um, big season prediction. Um. Ooh, I mean, I have some interesting takes on some stuff. I think. Teams like Brentford, teams like Brighton, and fuck it. Teams like Newcastle are going to struggle really bad this year. And the reason being is is because they are now being pushed into the conversation of being a legit team. Like, not saying they weren't legit teams before, but watching their preseason games, they are not going to be able to hide in the shadow of being the little guy in the big pond anymore. They are officially a big fish that other teams are going to take a lot more seriously, put out their much better lineups for. And again, the thing I'm worried about most about most of those clubs is they're going to be playing European football this year. And I don't know if those teams have addressed their depth issues and brought in the pieces to be able to play Wednesday night or Thursday night and then turn around and play Sunday morning. That's the thing I'm worried about with those teams. So like teams, Certain teams in the middle of the park didn't do enough this transfer window to really solidify that they're beefing up in certain areas, and I wonder if they're going to be able to keep it consistent. I just have nightmares of West Ham from last year. It was so cool to see them in your uh, Europa League conference, but they could not do both, and they were damn near almost relegated this season. Like Again, I just think that there's going to be a drop-off for some of those teams in the middle. That's probably going to be my hottest take. Teams yeah. like Newcastle and uh, Brighton struggling this year.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Newcastle and Brighton are probably fine. So, I mean, Villa, they've made some really good moves
0: this well, summer. I, so sa- I, I, I just want to put on the record, I did not say Aston Villa because Aston Villa have done what Newcastle and Brighton have not done, and that is bringing great... Starting p- positions while keeping their good players from last year as depth pieces. Yeah, Aston Villa. I, I, think, I think Villa yeah. can make a run in Europe. in.
1: Uh, are they in? Wait, I, I'm actually forgetting now. Are they in Europa League or Conference League? I think they're in the Europa League Conference. Okay, Conference. Okay, yeah. But it's, I but think I, they I mean, have a very good shot there.
0: But again, I'm not even just saying the conf. I'm not even saying the competition. I'm saying the prem. I think like teams like Brighton and teams like Newcastle might have that little bit of a fallout because they might focus on the european football and they didn't ad- address their depth issues. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I that's my take is I think some teams that we were used to seeing at the very top of the table last year might not be there because they might be focusing on those european competitions. Because for Newcastle first time in a while, Brighton first time ever, like it is truly one of those things where it's like I th- I wonder if the moment's going to get too big for them. And then their priorities kind of get pushed all out of the way. But Tyson asks, Tyson, who is your prediction for the first coach to be fired this year? Mauricio F- Pochettino. <laughs> that would be too easy now, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be way too easy. Uh, Coach to get fired first this year. Um... Fuck it. Um, I already forget his name, and it probably won't do me any good. Who's Tottenham's new coach? Like, uh, oh god, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, the job's too. B- I think the job's too big for him. I think the ask <laughs> is too. I think that I think the ask is too great. There's rumors that Spurs might be forced to sell Harry Kane this window. There, it's not going to leave them any time. It's going to be all on players to really step up. And it's just, the, the pieces aren't there. It's He's going to get fired first, but he's not the problem. He's just going into a situation where I don't think that there's a winner.
1: Wait, I've got it. It's going to be Roy Hodgson at Crystal Palace in uh, November. They bring somebody in. He doesn't do very well. And they bring in Roy Hodgson in April to finish out the season. They bring just, to keep, just to keep
0: them above the line. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yep. Oh, my God. That does sound like a very Crystal Palace thing to do. Um, next question comes from Michael. Ha, um, oh, not a football question. How fast do you think you could run a mile right now? Um,
1: What's the th- incentive? Like,
0: I'd like to think... I think the last time I, like, actually ran... Like, I can run here or there, but my, my my left knee just has not fully recovered. And if I'm running on, like, a treadmill or if I'm running on, like, concrete, it hurts. But if I'm playing soccer, it doesn't hurt as bad because I think it's the grass. Um, I think I'm averaging just about eight minutes. I think I'm averaging, like, an eight-minute mile. I think, like, I think that's, like, from my experience, I think that's, like, par. But I think I'm running, like, an eight-ish minute mile. Running is boring. I don't know how fucking marathon runners do it. Like like I I know marathon runners in my life and I think it's a, it, it's such a psychopath like a psychotic mindset to be like I'm just going to start running and then I'm just not going to stop for like hours. Yeah. People who do marathons are just serial killers who found a hobby. <laughs> Hot take. Sorry. I think I think they're serial killers and that's when
1: they that's when they do their killing. Is when they're running at yeah. four
0: o'clock in the morning. They're not with...
1: they're not actually running, they're they're killing people, but we just you know, take no thought of it because oh they're they're marathon runners, they're they gotta run all the time. Perfect alibi. But um for me, I I don't think I've run a mile straight since high school. And I graduated high school in twenty thirteen, so we're talking about like ten years. Um, I, I I don't. No, actually, no, no, no. I shouldn't say that. I went to the gym a lot midway through college, and I would actually run a mile before and after my workouts. So it, it's been it's been a couple of years. It's probably been like six or seven years since I probably actually run a mile. Um, I do remember in high school. I w- It's not that I was like super super quick, but my endurance was pretty good at that time i could usually run a mile in like seven to seven and a half minutes um which for me was good because i you know i was on not super tall but i you know i was six foot like 175 pounds a seven to seven and a half minute mile was pretty good for me um now i i don't know if i could run a mile straight (laughs) it'd probably take a while um my lungs aren't as good as they as they used to be both my knees are fucking shot uh, I mean, I've been playing volleyball lately and that's okay to a degree, but at the end of like playing pickup volleyball for three hours, man, my knees are killing me. So I I don't know. I don't I'm know. almost, I'm almost, I'm going to get,
0: I'm going to guess nine or 10 minutes. <laughs> JD, fuck it. Let's do it for, let's do it for the pod. Let's just like one day we'll each go Instagram live and we will Instagram live ourselves running a mile. Like I, no. I want to do it. I, I, might do I it. don't want to do it. I might do it. I'm probably going to do it. I'll just go to like the local high school and just run the, cause what is it? It's four, four, four laps around a track, four yeah. laps around. Okay. I'm probably going to do it. Stay tuned. I'll come up with info about that. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. JC asks who is the best and worst signings, uh, from Saudi Arabia so far? Um, Unpopular opinion: The best signing has been Cristiano Ronaldo. He's the one who started it all. He oh my lo- God. He no, he is he is he is the best signing because he was the move that kind of put the Saudi Arabia football league on the map for like European stars to go to. I think that is just it, it's. I think it's just easy. I I think that is an easy slot in like absolutely perfect. We're signing Jordan Henderson. <laughs> it might be. No, <laughs> sorry. No, we're signing Steven Gerrard as head coach. There you go. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Steven Gerrard as head coach. Because I think Jordan Henderson can still do the job over there. I don't think Steven Gerrard, or Jordan Henderson can do the job over there. I don't think Steven Gerrard ever did the job. So I just He, like... did, he did the job at
1: Rangers, which I, wow, think, the Scottish, I, I think the Scottish Premier League is a bigger league than the
0: Saudi Arabian league. Every league on earth is bigger than the Saudi league. Like the USL I, here in the United States of America is on is, par. Yeah. Is on par with the like on the quality of football. Yeah. But yeah, for me, easy. Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Steven Gerrard. I don't think there's a best
1: signing. I think they're all pretty shit. Um, I, I just don't like for the most part, their players towards the end of their career, and the Saudi League is completely overpaying for them, just inflating the transfer market. I, I just, it, it's, it's just not, it's not good for the sport. Um, it's just not. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think there's a good. I don't think there's a good signing. I think Jordan Henderson might be the worst signing. If I'm going off of player performance coming to a team, like, I don't, I don't know what, like, I don't know what they're gonna get out of Jordan Henderson that they couldn't get from a. Guy that they already have, like I Jordan. I love Jordan Henderson, but he's he's well past it, and you know here and there he's gonna pick out a perfect pass and you know whatever. But overall, he's he's gonna be injured for half the season, and when he does play, he plays the basic CM role in an unfamiliar team. You're not gonna get Liverpool performances out of him. You're just not. No, so I, I. It's just. It make it makes no sense. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not happy he left Liverpool because he was a captain, but at the same time,
0: at least Liverpool got some money for him. That's fair. That is honestly really fair. Um, next question comes from drumroll, roll, Brian. Uh, apologies if you guys have already touched on this before, but what's your thoughts on the new offsides rule? So we did briefly talk about it. I like it. It, it just makes, makes perfect it, sense. It, it makes the game a little bit more human, and we're not it's a like, common we,
1: sense rule. Yeah. And we're
0: not whipping out the fucking lines like get the lines out of the EPL as soon as fucking possible. Just like last night, I kid you not, there was uh, the Red Bull beat uh, a team from Liga MX, and like there was a goal called off from the other team, and like they immediately went to VAR, and they could just see it very briefly, that the one striker was just a foot and a half further than the center back. They didn't bring out the lines. They didn't take five years. I mean, the guy was at the monitor for J.D. for maybe 30 seconds. And it's like, that's it. That's all you need. You don't need to bring out the lines. You don't need to find every angle under the sun. You look at the replay once or twice. You figure it out. You move on. That's it. Because if you... it's kind of like JD and you and I think have referenced this. It's like holding in the NFL. There's holding on every play if you look long enough. Like, yep, yep exactly. I don't know, JD. Any thought on that? Like, I,
1: no. I it, it's a common sense rule. Like, if it's if it's that close, just give the benefit of the doubt on the call, on the field. Yeah, uh, it, it's just. God damn it! Just. <laughs> Yeah. The, the the millimeters that we've had to deal with the last couple of seasons. Just common sense. They aren't gaining an advantage if two inches of their of their shoulder is ahead of the last defender. They're not Thank they're you. not getting an advantage.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Perfectly put. And then the final question for the episode tonight Who is getting sacked and replaced with Potter this season? So I'm assuming it's Graham Potter. Uh, I actually am gonna stick with the Tottenham job. I think Graham Potter at oh, Tottenham, yeah. honestly, that works really, really well. Like, really well. So yeah, I'm gonna stick with that. Still don't know the Tottenham's the manager's new name. And honestly, I'm is it, not... it Stellini? Could be. Who cares? Is that I, what it I... was at
1: the end of the last season? I don't I, I don't remember.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh sure. Let's go with that. But JD, uh you said Chelsea before you said Pochettino, that would be very funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean if they brought Potter but yeah, that'd be hilarious. Um no, I I agree with you. Tottenham. That that would be that would make the most sense for Tottenham to bring in a pretty terrible manager when they fire a pretty terrible manager. That's just what they do.
0: Yeah, it's again, it's just like it sounds really crazy. I can legitimately see Graham Potter coaching like Tottenham, and, like, and not being, like, this awkward thing of, like, eh, that doesn't look right, like, no, it looks, it looks very right, so, but that is the end of our fan questions, that is the end of our episode, so thank you, everyone, once again, for tuning in, the English Premier League season is coming thick and fast, we are getting ourselves prepped and ready. Our next episode, J.D., I believe, will be our season preview episode. So, J.D. and I are going to start planning that. It is going to be fun. It is going to be epic. We will have fan questions available if you'd like to submit them. And once again, the EPL season, like I said, is starting. Make sure to share us with a friend. If you have a friend who really likes the English Premier League, pass us along. We are trying to kick off this upcoming season with an absolute Bang. Remember, if you're not already, please give us a follow at the EPL Boys for everything here at the EPL Boys Camp on Instagram. And if you are not already, please give the subscribe button a hit on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on to make sure you are getting up to date stuff when the new episodes drop. For JD, my name is Matt, guys. I want you to be safe. I want you to be well. And we will see you guys next time. So.